1: with it first of all. I thought it was a very very competent and composed performance. The three points are massively welcome when you you know we've lost three out of four in the league but the manner in which we did it was as pleasing as anything today. From the first minute I thought we played well we we're on the front foot. It was just whether we could create enough chances or somebody get us a goal today. Christie's had one long range shot to save very very little else which I thought we defended well, kept the ball well, we just needed a break in the box.
2: Hello Mr Clough, now hear me out, I'm convinced actually listen to this podcast. Exhibit A, well on Friday I suggest playing Ollie Clark at centre-back, Kieran Wallace at left wing-back with Stephen Quinn just in front. And then lo and behold, come the team selection at 2pm, what has Nigel Clough done? Clark at centre-back, Wallace at left wing-back and Quinn just in front. What happens? We go out onto the pitch and come 5pm, bosh, three points are in the bag. I wonder what else we can suggest. Well, feel free to come and have your say on your team in the comments on the live feed and make your suggestions as, over the next hour or so, we'll discuss a spotless defence at Scotland, the influence of the subs, cup draws and the old club versus country debate as the World Cup is just around the corner. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Mr Clough, I hope you're sitting comfortably. Hello, good evening, and by the way, if we'd have lost on Saturday at uh, Rochdale and I'd have made those suggestions on Friday night, this episode would have been called something completely different and we completely would not have talked about it. But hey, what did I tell you? Clark at centre-back, Wallace at left wing-back, Quinn just in front. It's a recipe for success, or at least... It was on Saturday anyway. Welcome to the Mansfield Matters Podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. We're back virtual this week and joining me to discuss all things Mansfield Town as we look back at Rochdale and throw lots of other things into the recipe bowl in between as well. We say hello and good evening to the Edwin stag, Mr Clive Parkin, who... Are you awake now, Clive? You were nodding off in the intro. Yes, I've taken some illegal drugs. I'm fine legal did you say no oh, right okay we'll move quickly on uh and mr alan wilson who uh was soaked to the skin this morning doing his rounds but he's nice and dry now in the comfort of his own home with a dog by his side a little bit like me evening good evening craig good evening everybody yes little caveat for everybody out there as well at some point in this podcast there'll probably be some dog barking um, and maybe me having to run to the door behind me to let uh, harry out so Bonfire night, of course, was about seven months ago, and uh, yet people still letting off fireworks and spooking dogs. So uh, whoever you are on the Bellamy Road Estate, be ashamed of yourself. I've got one very, very upset dog who is uh, currently live behind me. I actually can't move my chair back because I will actually run him over. So just be warned of that. Right? Shall we delve into all things football? As always, come and have your say on your team in the comments. Uh, let us know your thoughts on. Um, uh, let us know your thoughts on everything. At Mansfield Town related, whether it's to do with the weekend or Stags in January, we want to hear your thoughts. Um, Stags chat has kicked us off tonight, and uh, by asking this question, what do the panel think a decent lineup would be? Especially as it seems to change every single uh, week with different uh, injuries and permutations and things like that. I have to say, Alan, when I saw the lineup on uh, Saturday afternoon, I was a little bit concerned about the pace, but it did its job. What would your perfect lineup be if everybody was fit and available? A winning one. <laughs> it would probably be Pim, Ingo.
3: I'm going to say this is on the spot, isn't it? Pim, is. Ingo, I'd have Hewitt, Harbottle, Hawkins, Macker. Midfield, probably Marius, definitely. Clark, definitely. Lapsley, and. Probably Boateng and uh, Oates and uh, probably Aikens because it might be very very good foil for Oatsy. That he might. Well,
2: there
3: that we go, Clive. Clive,
2: over to you.
1: Um, this is assuming that all of our players that are currently not available are available. Is it?
2: This is yeah. the fantasy
1: we're yeah. indulging
2: in. Is it? Yeah. Because
1: I don't ever foresee a time when all of our players are available. Um, yeah, I think Alan. Got it about right there. I think what it's easy to pick the week. Um, perch obviously worries me because of his lack of pace and some of his decision making, I have to say, he has been poor. Um, I think Gordon's form is a bit troublesome. Um, but well, you know, and, and for that reason, I was pleased to see Alan put it in the side. But I think we uh we do have this huge dependency on uh, Macca, and when he's not there, we have to cobbled together an alternative. The cobbled together alternative performed very well at Scotland, um, despite my, my view. I thought it was going to be poor, but they did very well. The, but I think that's because the team worked a lot harder, or I think think they worked a lot harder on uh, Saturday than they had in the previous games. And, uh, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, in my in my view of football. And, and so, at the very least, we want, as fans, is uh, if we can't have a team we want the team that's out there it sucks off and I thought they did that
2: Yeah I mean um, if I were going to put mine together this might shock Alan because as you know Mr Wilson I'm a big advocate of uh, the, the wing backs at, at times especially at home um, but actually yeah. if I was going to be picking based on that scenario of everybody available every no injuries no suspensions that sort of thing the luxury if you like of choice it, it'd be a four-three-three. Um, to be honest, uh, which would be Pim Goal, obviously because CP number one. Why wouldn't you? Um, back four of Hewitt. Uh, yeah, I'll go. For, I'll go Hewitt, O'Toole, Hawkins, McLaughlin, a midfield of Clark, Maris, and Boateng, with a front three of Bowery, Oat, and Law. It oh, Yeah. A few surprises in there for you. Not really, because, the you know,
3: like Nigel said before, and we've said many a time, it was nice to see Wallace get a game. I've seen the highlights back and I was listening to the match on iFollow, and uh, it, they just sent a better balance to me, you know, from when they were talking and the highlights that I've watched. It just sent a very good, balanced side you know moving in the right direction each time it weren't here there and everywhere they're sent to be a, you know a, what should, whether it's formation call it what you like they just sent to be a togetherness and like Clive says from what I saw they did work hard but they had to because they had to get a result
2: yeah they uh, certainly do it's one of those things where I think if Clough does have the luxury of choice available. I think he's probably got uh, too, too many and can't quite um, work it out. But we'll wait and see if Clough does listen to this podcast when uh, everybody is available by uh, by way of uh, that team selection. Uh, Alan, I'm going to come back to you uh, for a second. Obviously, you mentioned Kieran Wallace there. I mentioned it on Friday when we was on with uh, with Nick of Mansfield Townshirts fame. Um, and yeah. again, I think he really proved a lot of people wrong on... Uh, on, on Saturday,
3: I think the only th- the only problem I'd got with uh, Wallace is sometimes is a bit too eager, you know. He, he like jumps in, and there's a, there's a always chance of a card. I know there's one or two others in the same boat, but I think he was more professional on Saturday. He he, he knew he was going to be in the team. In it, obviously, when Macca Said that you know he couldn't get in. Whatever is injured, he knew he was in the team, so he got time to settle down. You know, and he played a he played a very good park. Although you know he took him off in the end and put Hewitt at left back.
2: But what he did, he did well. Yeah, he certainly did. Clive, I think having Stephen Quinn in front of him as well really helped him out on uh, on Saturday because it gave us something which we were missing a left a natural left sided balance.
1: Yeah, and, and there's no uh, denying that what Quinn has in abundance is experience. What he hasn't got enough of is energy now. So the uh, you know, best will in the world is an hour player rather than an hour and a half player. So it's not the solution, but I think it worked well. While it worked well, I, 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 before I get too carried away about the result, which was a great result, by the way, but before I get too carried away, we beat a very poor team 1-0. Mm. Um, and I think... Uh, we're showing signs of, of working together very well. I was very pleased to see team have a good game. Uh, and his cross that resulted in the goal was divine. Um, you know, that's all we need is decent service for somebody to get on the end of it. We haven't got an out-and-out striker on the field, so you rely on, on the marriages of the world to be in the right place at the right time, and it worked okay. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, the, the lad works very well and fills that left-hand slot quite nicely. And when he's got time on the ball, he's better than anybody. He, he, well, he's as good as anybody in this league. Unfortunately, he doesn't get an awful lot of time on the ball now. And he and others have been caught out recently on the ball. Um, so I think uh, it's not the perfect solution, but it's better to have him than not, especially with Maccabee in, uh, um, out of uh, action.
2: Yeah, But it two just two comes com- back
1: to my old, grumble about the players being perpetually injured but go on
2: carry on there's a few concerns over McLaughlin as to how long he will actually be uh missing for I'm sure Clough mentioned a couple of weeks ago that it'd be about two weeks but again it's that old question um about cover although I felt Wallace Wallace did a a very good job there I am in agreement though with Clive that he doesn't have the energy to last uh 90 minutes but that's where your, your utility players come in to sort of and that's where you can sort of stick Barry at left wing back for the last half an hour or so. That's where you can maybe look at Jason Law, or maybe look to go to a a back four and put in Stewart at left back. You seem to do an admirable job when he's at left back, not so much just left wing back two very different positions of course uh keep your comments coming in have your say on your team Daniel said this about Wallace uh Wallace I feel could be a player that's underrated I do get nervous when he's on the pitch but if he's got a partnership going with players around us then that could be promising it certainly showed that um from what I saw on on Saturday Alan and to be honest it was the type of game where he wasn't troubled too much. You know, Tyrese Sinclair was down. I didn't get in behind him uh, that often. Um, and in the end, um, Kieran Wallace had a, a very steady game. And I think if he just builds his fitness up, I think he could not give Nigel Clough a real headache, especially when we've got to go to places and stay tight.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, and at the end of the day, the more games he gets, I mean, it's uh, common sense really, isn't it, is going to get fitter, the more games he gets, you know, he's going to start to last 90 minutes, especially if, especially if he's, you know, doing it week in, week out, he'll make that position his own while Mac is out, and, uh, you know, it can only bring fruition but it did do a couple of runs down the left-hand side I saw on the highlights you know like Maka does he's not quite Macca, don't get me wrong but uh, he, he tried his best and he, he played rather well I thought you know for what I saw
2: It really does give us that a little bit more stability in terms of being solid away from home quite often Clive we have been caught in behind when we've got our full-backs forward but Wallace just allows the midfield to, to spread and, and, and do the job
1: yeah, I think Wallace is a better player than what we've seen of him so far. I think he needs time on the pitch to develop and to, to form partnerships. Uh, he's, I think he's the brightest, most intelligent player. And I think, therefore, he needs to be kept in fairly simple control areas. But what he does well, he does well. And he's, he's quite a... Unlike some of our team, uh, I think he can he can stand some, some of the robust uh, contacts he's going to get in the game. Um, I thought he played well. I have to say, I, I'm a huge fan of him. I'm, Being honest, but he's proved his he proved his worth on Saturday, and if he can do that, then you know everybody's opinion will 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 improve. I'm sure of that.
2: Every squad needs a utility player, that sort of player to come and sit in and do a job when required. Not somebody that's going to start week in week out. The sort of player that's just going to come in, do the job, and get on with it. And I think uh, he ticks that box tremendously for me. Daniel adds. he comes across as a little bit timid, even from when he gave his first interview. Maybe it's confidence. Quite possibly. I mean, I was, I don't know if you saw it, Alan, but he gave an yeah. interview on iFollow a couple of weeks ago, and
0: he yeah. just basically
2: said, I'm not the fittest, I'm not the most mobile, but I'll edit, I'll kick it, I'll get stuck in. And do you know what? In today's modern game of, you know, trying to do fancy flicks, sometimes we forget this is League 2, and what we actually do want is someone who will head it, kick it, tackle and get stuck in and just do the job and I actually found it quite refreshing he knows he's not the best he's not got like 100 rated pace he knows he's not you know going to be playing week in week out but he's just content to, to play for the shirt. He just wants a chance, doesn't he? And that was what, he came,
3: what came across to me in his interview. Mm. He's a very likeable lad, very down-to-earth, honest type of guy, or he seems to be. And I agree with Daniel. He, he probably is a little bit timid because, you know, he hasn't been playing. He's been injured. He's just coming back to, from injury. So, give the lad a chance because I just think it worked well on Saturday.
2: Yeah. Uh, he also adds Daniel at the bottom, Sunday league style. And do you know what? yeah he is but that's that's what you need i think sometimes you just need that old fashioned i'm doing my job it's it's that stereotypical worker who gets up in the morning goes out does the job to the best of their ability collects the paycheck goes home and And he's content with with everything that comes with it. And you know what? Fair play to the lad. Uh, Keep your comments coming in. Have your say on your team as Adam has done. For us to turn a corner, we need to get over going around in circles with a disrupted rotation of squad. Would love a settled lineup, but we don't have that currently. Going to be uh, um, more weeks of fishing for a make-do formation. When it clicks, oh boy, should it click. Will that be this season? I think deep down, Clive, it could be this season. But I think there's a certain time limit of when it needs to click in terms of getting everybody fit and available. And I still don't think we're quite over the blip period yet. We've still got another couple of weeks, in my opinion anyway, of having a few games which you're going to be watching with gritted teeth. Yeah,
1: and I last it might not be. With the best football in the world, if we were every game one nil by scratching out results like we did on Saturday, we get promoted. So that's not not, um, and the fans are uh, uh, just as happy to scrape through an away win as they are to to, to create for beautiful. At the end of the day, it's the three points. One, um, I don't think we're anywhere near our best. If I'm being honest, I think I think we're compensating by being um, flexible um, and. The work rate's improved, um, and I don't think it's as simple as saying when Oaks is back the, the world's a better place because there's no guarantee he'll come back as good as he went out. In fact, I'd be surprised if he, if he was able to perform well at when he first when he you know he next pulls on a shirt. But we are missing pace in those areas at the moment that would open up defenses. Hence, we're never going to score a hat full of goals, in my opinion, when we work the way we do. So. Alan and I both said at one point earlier, later we're going to take someone's trousers down. We're going to really belt, go thrash somebody because we were playing good football earlier in the season. That seems to have dried up a little bit, and of course we've encountered some good sides in the last few weeks. Sweden, the best side I've seen this season, and, and um, I think Bradford did a, a superb job of, of uh, squashing our. Our team. I mean, they, did, they were very cynical, very much time-wasting, but they did a job on us. They clearly knew where our weaknesses lie. So when we're playing decent sides, I'm not sure we're good enough at the moment. Um, and if we don't win against the Rochdale's and Harrogate's, that's the measure. So I think the Harrogate game is the acid test for us this season. How we perform at Harrogate, a team we've never done well against, is a real measure of how much progress we've made in this period, when we aren't perfectly suited.
2: Yeah, I think I'd I'd agree with that, Alan.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, I can't fault anything uh, Clive has said. But I I disagree slightly with the, uh, you know, such as when Oates comes back. I know he won't be fine, on all of a sudden you've got to give him eight, ten weeks, you know, to get back to full fitness. But the the teams that we play, whether it's Swindon, Bradford, if this is only my opinion, when Oates is fully fit, or you know, even Swan, if you put that mid that little slider through pass through to Swan or Oates to get onto, they have got to change their way against us, and then that will suit Mansfield. So I'm really looking forward to Oates coming back. But uh, I take on point what it. Uh, Clive said, I did say that somebody would get to good it. I didn't say they'd have the pants now." Same thing. It's, it it's,
2: to the same it's thing
3: a, a colloquialism,
1: col- it? Alan. <laughs> yes, I know. Don't, don't look for anything more than that in that saying. But we, no. we are, you know, we have collectively enough talent in our squad, yeah, in my opinion, to get out of this league. Um, but we've not had the squad together for any length of time this season. Uh, which is this my, my constant gripe about brittle players? Mm. We've never, never known a team have so many as a percentage of the small squad, unavailable due to injury and illness. It strikes me that Swan sees us still twice and is, is, is out for a fortnight, and uh, and of course Mac has gone down with something strange, a completely freakish and fluke injury afflicted afflicted um, Oates. Not much you could say about that, but then you chuck in a couple of old players and they're going to pulse, pull muscles and, and, and strain themselves from time to time. So in my home, we lack a little bit of pace and a little bit of youth. And, a, and I think to pick up on one of the uh, comments, a consistent shape. And at the moment, I have some sympathy with Clough. He can't be that consistent because he's forever patching up.
2: Yeah, it's... Uh... It's only going to get more difficult this weekend by virtue of the fact that some of the substitutions on Saturday at Rochdale were impacted by injuries. You know, the plan is always to take Stephen Quinn off after about an hour because he can't last 90 minutes. Um, I'm sure there's some blue little pills that you can get. I'm sure one of you still (laughs) know more about that. Um, um, Ollie Clark also went off... I'm sure I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Ollie Clark also went off with, uh, I think, a knee injury um, which is uh, a bit concerning. Um, Riley Harbottle still probably not in contention for Saturday. McLaughlin also doubtful for Saturday as well. I think the biggest shame there, Alan, is the um, the injury impact to Ollie Clark, because, again, we're 22 minutes in. Shame Nathan's not joined us tonight, because I'm sure he would have loved to uh, taken part <laughs> in this conversation. In fact, me and Cam purposely went and saw him at half-time um, on Saturday to have a conversation about Mr Clark, because... He was, really was, captain centre-half fantastic. He was absolutely phenomenal at centre-half. An absolute natural fit for a three-at-the-back shape, ball-playing defender, little bit of pace, calm, composed, experienced too. Yeah, quality
3: player. I've always said the same. He always gives 100% when he puts that shirt on. Sometimes it can be a little bit like Wallis, you know, where there's a, a yellow or a red card, Likely to happen with his, uh, you know, vivacious tackle, shall we say. But uh, I think he's calmed down slightly and I think it suits him at the back, where he's not the battling midfield, you know, where he's likely to get a tackle in that, you know, looks a bit suspect, you know, 50-50 or 60-40, shall we say. But, uh, you know, it played well and you can't uh, knock him for that.
2: No, you certainly can't. Uh, Martin says, January requirements, two wingers, forget about wing-backs, two centre-backs, sorry, it's about time, Perch hung his boots up. Never been the same player since his uh, injury, to be fair, James Perch, not naturally the fastest in the world and I think just at the moment he's he's slightly unlucky that... um, you know, he's been exposed for his pace a little bit. I think, you know, people have been asking questions about O'Toole as well this season, Clive. Uh, picked up a little thing from um, from Clough today in his interview that uh, is also on the uh, the injury doubt list with, a I think, a, a bruised foot or a bruised toe. Um,
1: I'm not surprised. I think they take it in turns to have the uh, treatment table. The uh, I mean, he should be a big bloody thug of a player he, he always seemed to be a thug of a player when he was playing against us in the past and since he's let his hair grow he's, he's turned into some f- sort of librarian um people things should bounce off the man and he shouldn't be hurting himself at all i've no, <laughs> I've no doubt it's genuine but it just it does frustrate me in this modern footballing world you know i remember when players just, we had one substitute and players played on with broken legs yeah, I'm to say the thing is,
3: though, he hasn't had much. Sorry to interrupt, Clive. He hasn't had much no, game no. time, has he? You know, if you get no, his like Wallace, if you have a run of games, four, five, six games, we could see the
2: old O'Toole that was signed in the first place. We will only see the old O'Toole when somebody pins the booger down and shaves his ear off. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: guess as part of the perfect back lineup, he's fine. And he, he has, he's always said he's got ambitions to play in front of the back four. And that that's a luxury we don't actually need at the moment because we're awash with midfield players. Um, so he's in a bit of a cleft stick. Uh, but he's he's got years, and therefore he's got the advantage of experience. And he isn't as slow as, as Bertie is. I mean, he's got a degree of pace about him. But he's at the end of his career, and we've got to get another year out of him. And that'll be it, I would have thought. So we have to find somebody to to fill those positions. A bit like Harbottle, who's got a bit more mobility about him, but he hasn't got the experience to fall back, make some silly mistakes. That's part of growing up in football.
2: Interesting comment from Daniel. Has anyone heard that the funds for players have been cut and we aren't looking to we aren't looking at adding additions? Now it's something I wouldn't say it's necessarily a concern that I've had for a while but it's something which as a business when you look at Mansfield Town Football Club from a business perspective that you have had to take into consideration don't forget we're still having the impact of you know the Covid season where we had no generated income from a match day to to contend with and at the same time having to pay off a manager pay wages to players which were way too high sometimes pay up contracts I still think we're feeling the effects of that And one of Clough's first tasks, Alan, when he came in, was to trim that budget and to sort of uh, to to make those cuts and ties. We were all frustrated to see, and are all frustrated to see Andy Cook thriving so well at Bradford and banging the goals in that he is doing. And you think that the way that we're playing at the moment, with the shape that we're playing, Andy Cook would be a perfect fit for that. But the reality of the situation is, his wage in where we are are. his wage for where we are pays for probably at least two, possibly even three players who can go on and, and play in three different, or in club's case, 7,563 different positions. But I think we have to take that into consideration. I do have a little bit of a worry that we're not as proactive as we could be in the January transfer window. Or, although deep down, I have a feeling that if we are in fourth or fifth position and only maybe two or three points off of the top three in January, there might be a little bit more loose rope, shall we say, on Mm. the transfer budget checkbook.
3: Well, he's done that. Every club that he's been to, that's what he's renowned for, isn't it, Nigel and and Andy and all the rest of the crew. That's what they're very good at. And they're trimming wage bills, trimming squads, whatever. And they're still doing reasonably well. And we have got injuries So like we've said before When, when you know, like a 19-man squad When 18 are fully fit For a change, if possible If that ever happens You know, we might see the best of them But it's like one of the other people said in the comments It's better I mean, we proved it last time when we went on that run We had a reasonably settled side and it was the same thing over and over again. We were beating teams quite easily, and it's the settled side that does it because people know the jobs, and you know they know what formations they're going to play. When people are injured, you know you have to change and chop it about.
2: Clive, what's your if... feelings on this? Do you think there's a, a a a a handicap on the the transfer budget? Has it been slashed? It may well
1: be that the club has said to the team management, um, "This is your budget." try and work within it. In fact, they may even have given them an incentive to work below it. Um, and that, that wouldn't be unreasonable in a business setting. Um, put them on, a, if you like, a profit share or, or other cost-saving share. Um, I'm slightly uncomfortable with the whole thing because I don't think our squad's big enough. If we're going to have players of a certain age, you're going to have players who have reputations for being injured, easily injured. You can't run with the tight ship like we've got. And it's at with the luxurious management team we've got. I mean, if we're not interested in recruitment, why do we need to retain a recruitment specialist in the in the guise of Clough Jr.? Mm. And in fact, if we're going to judge the recruitment team on the last couple of recruitments, uh, recruitments we've done, I wouldn't give them too much credit because I don't think we've been that good in the market. Um, you could argue they had some bad luck because a couple of key uh, acquisitions slipped through the fingers at the end of the day, and that will happen. But we've we've actually bought in panic some fairly ordinary players in that haven't really added added quality to the side so I'm, I don't, I'm not going to go at anybody in particular but I think as a club we if we're running on a, a tight budget then you look everywhere not just on your playing stuff I mean clearly we don't invest enormous amounts of money in turnstile operators <laughs> or people to clean the, the stadium or you know i'm being cynical now but the, the reality is as a fan i'm looking for an experience when i go and watch my, my football team and that's colored by all sorts of things not just success on the pitch um and i think the club's made enormous strides since it's been owned by radford and it's mm-hmm. credit to the fact that he's been prepared to bankroll some of these things but i think for the last couple of years that stopped. that's I think they've, they've decided they've got to run it as a proper business and, and therefore it needs to be profit neutral. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can't lay any blame at COVID because every team in the country has had COVID to deal with. Um, it came at the wrong time, possibly, at the time when we were trying to save money and, uh, and get rid of some two, some players who were on inappropriate salaries. Um, and and it's a transition. And I'm guessing we're still in that transition. That's why I won't slag Clough off too much because I think we're still halfway through that that uh, that rebuilding process. But as fans, think, we're naturally patient. We want to get success this year.
2: Yeah, I think that you you've got to look at that as well because you look at Stevenage, for example, this season. They've invested a lot of money in the in the summer. They've brought players in on on big money and uh, you know with with good reputations, and it's paying dividends for them at the moment because they are where they are and they're a very dangerous team and. They will probably, as annoying as annoying it is, will probably get another promotion on Evans's CV. But where will they be in three, four years' time when Evans ultimately decides to take another job? Probably goes via China and Waitrose, and you know, they can't sustain that budget. They'll probably drop down a couple of divisions and it won't work. We've got to invest in the long term future of this club. We've been in the position where we throw money at it, it hasn't worked. Now we've got to trim it back, and now we've got to get good players in which we've got a very good squad of good players in on the right money to to go and manage it and I think we are doing that superbly well I do have questions over whether or not we need the amount of staff that we've got um for, for where we are because in terms of recruitment we're not recruiting you know heavily in each transfer window we're just getting by with, with, with what we've got so there are those questions there, but I guess we will see where we are at the end of the season. It probably would be very diff- different if we hadn't have had those injuries and we'd have, you know, kept on winning and and things like that. And we were we, we were top of the league. We'd be thinking, oh, everything everything's fine and dandy. But it's just about where you are. It's a long old season in football. A long old season. Uh, let's see, go I th- back. Yeah.
1: I, I think I could do the recruitment job. All you need is a season ticket for Burton Albion.
2: <laughs> very cynical tonight, Clive. Very cynical. Um Daniel asks, What was the meaning behind that bright future sign that was posted by the Stags? Uh Alan, you have new light bulbs fitted in the uh, the PA box? Nah. I doubt <laughs> that, that very much.
3: much. <laughs> that there,
2: <laughs> I, doubt, I doubt that very much, mate. Uh, can't be that then. Uh Will says that uh, he gets a lot of the players, gets a lot out of the players but we play every game like a cup final. You invite injuries with that style. Plus they don't really have the composure to go from a hundred miles an hour chasing the ball down to calm on the ball. Uh, We have a a big wage bill, big chair, big wage bill chairman has fully supported Clough, And, and we'll also add to playing three strikers at the back is a joke. I think we've covered that one, one too many times now, to be honest. Um, Daniel, uh, Adam says having to go at all the professionals t- today, Clive. I won't give you opportunity to slag anybody else off because it might come my way. Um, I think what, he's taking offence because
1: I, I had to go at librarians. I think that's his, the problem. I've upset him over librarians. I'm, ever, I'm ever so sorry.
2: Will also asks. We have the fourth. We he also adds. We have the fourth biggest budget. Just checked. I don't want to get into a debate, and I, d- you know, I do believe that our budget will be still up there. I would question the accuracy of the stats, though, from where they come from, because unless it's the club's own secretaries publishing the exact details of what wage bill is going out where, all of that is hindsight. My opinion on how much one player might be valued at or how much they may be earning may be completely different to the reality of the situation. So uh, anyway, uh, let's move on and talk all things uh, cup runs. before we do, of course, Harrogate away on Saturday. Still some seats on the SSA coaches. 11:15 it departs One Course Stadium. Uh, 15 pounds for Amber members, 20 pounds for Blue members, 25 pounds for non-members. And Alan Wilson's got the number you need. 07967689597. Right, let's move on to all things uh, cups. Then Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup. Uh, it's going to be a Saturday afternoon, three o'clock kick-off. And Alan, you're gutted. Yes, can't go. But never mind, not to worry. I should be listening. There we go. I have to say, Clive, got to take our hats off to them. Um, ticket yeah. prices, very, very reasonable. £10 for adult, £5 concession. Tickets selling very, very well. It'll be a complete sellout, I think, in that away end at uh, Hillsborough.
1: Yeah, I think failing to get a home tie um, is disappointing. But if you couldn't get a home tie, I don't think we could have asked for much better than. Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough, and for many of our fans, they will never have been to Hillsborough. So I think it's uh, it's exciting, and it's you know it's, it's literally an hour and a half up the road, isn't it? So uh, that. It depends which way you go, of course, and yeah. how you're travelling. But we, um, uh, but it, it is a it, it'll be an experience because actually Sheffield Wednesday are doing very well in their league at the moment, mm. um, and it will depend on how seriously they take the cup competition, I guess. But that's true for both teams. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Harrogate. I think we're going to win at Harrogate. I think we have a really good chance of coming away from Shef- with Sheffield with something. Um, especially, especially when there's
3: a, a replay to be had, if needed.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. I think Stephen is going to be a real test for us, but we've got this whole raft of away fixtures now. Mm. Um, given what Glove said earlier about us seeming to be more confident away from home, that's
2: not a bad thing. It's not. I don't think Clough will be fancying a replay, though, Alan. I don't think he'll want another game to add into the, the mixture, especially when you consider um, that we're also very likely to have a trip to Goodison Park added in to yes. the, the fixture list. Now, I've got conflicting feelings on this, to be honest. Um, I'll have a little rant after you guys have shared your opinions.
3: Well, I, I'm hoping it's Goodison. I mean, if it's not, it is Goodison.
1: Round... According to the chat, it's Goodison Park. It's well, it's definitely good of of
3: as well. then, isn't it? <laughs> Providing I can finish work early enough, I would love to go
2: to Goodison Park, but that's only my personal opinion. Now you see, the thing is for me, I'm you know I'm all for a trip to Goodison Park, no problem, because it's always it's a new ground for for many for every Stags fan really, unless they've been to watch a neutral game. Stags have, I believe, never played there. Also, it's a ground which is going to be shutting its doors, I think, at the end yeah. of next season as well. The only annoyance I have is we're not playing Everton we're playing Everton under 21s therefore the say it's not going to be the same experience it's very likely to be more away fans than there are home fans and it's almost like the EFL have gone back on what they wanted to do with the competition in the first place because a couple of seasons ago if you were even if you won the group as you an under 21 side you would then be away because of things over the crowd and things like that. That frustrates me because it's constantly chopping and changing. It's like they don't know. And we're being asked to move the fixture. It's not even going to be a Tuesday night. It's probably going to be a Wednesday. It's just an annoyance. I would much rather get them in the FA Cup and go to Goodison in the FA Cup than go there on a Wednesday night where it's going to be empty, soulless against some under twenty-one kids who, to be fair, are quite a decent standard when it could be at home and probably should be at home as well.
3: Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's just, it is what it is, Craig, isn't it? The powers that be, you know, it's like when the draw came out a little bit later on. Was it Manchester United are playing Wolves under-21s? Mm. So I mean, you know, who plays, you know, where do they play type of thing? They'll probably play at Salford, no, Manchester United under-21s probably. But uh, it is what it is. But I will go just for the sake of going to you know Goodison and watching yeah. my team, because yeah, like you said, you know, with not much crowd there, blah blah blah, everything else that you've stated. But also, we won't be having our full squad out either, will we? You know. No. It is what it is. I'm afraid, but uh, it'll be a nice trip out, nice grand, and uh, hopefully progressed to last last
2: sixteen. I think the competition for me, Clive, has, has, has got to change. I like the competition. I think it's a club, yeah. like I've said, on a number of occasions should be pushing on to do well in it. The prize money is decent. Prize money for, for our level, especially in the group stage. But get rid of the under-21 sides. Bring conference clubs into it. Keep it north and south and make it much more competitive. Everton away is great. Everton under 21s away. <sighs> Will you be going? Yeah.
1: I'd, uh, you don't know. I'm going. I, I should be going. I mean, the, the, the thing is, for the same reason as you, Alan, I've not been to Goodison Park, and it, it, this is the one and only chance that Stags fans are going to have to visit Goodison Park because it's it's uh, the last is it the last season they're playing there? I think, yeah, the, I think so. Moving to Bramley Dock next year, I understand it. Maybe maybe the year after. I don't know, but we're not likely to confront them again in any competition. So I think I've got whether I want it or not, I've got to go and duty bound. You know, Craig, I'm not a big fan of this competition. I think it's a mishmash, and I agree with you that we shouldn't we shouldn't have put um, younger Premiership squads in there. I just think it demeans the whole um, competitive nature of, of a, a
2: competition. Uh, now, but you know, another, sorry to cut you off. I have another niggling doubt as well, and I'm sure you know this is probably just me being picky and and, and stupid, and maybe highlighting something which isn't even there. But of course. We've got the World Cup to contend with now, which means it's the international break for Everton. Not all of their senior side are going to be going to the World Cup, so there's going to be a fair few players who will meet the remit for the under-21s. You know, to, to yeah. play the older players. I don't think that's necessarily fair either. Someone needs to uh, have a little look into that. I don't. That. I don't think they'll play
1: senior players because of the World Cup. I think they'll do what all the other Premiership sides are going to do during the World Cup. They've got players who are not involved in the World Cup. They will give them holiday, um, and it'll give the, the squad side, time to recruit. We've got injuries, etc. I don't mm. think, as a as a club with a proper construct around its youth development, they would want to deviate from their normal methods of putting predominantly a development side together for these competitions. Otherwise, what's the point in them I mean, entering it?
3: Anthony Gordon's done well, hasn't he? I remember him a few years ago, being at Phil Mill, at One Call Stadium. Sorry, and uh, now he's in their first team, isn't he?
1: Yeah, and I mean that's the that's the benefit I think of any large club that's got a pyramid of of uh, development taking place. Is sooner or later you want to see something come out of there, but no less do we. You know, we've we're probably no. not quite there yet, but I mean our our. Um, the investment that our club has made in in the youth development, it, it, we, we get a lot of players who are getting actively involved in very good competitive levels of football. But what worries me is we're not seeing any of them even get on the bench, let alone getting any time in the first team squad. Um, now, maybe I'm being impatient. Maybe it's a six or seven year so I don't know.
3: Um, I think it will but, come. Yeah, you know, even so, if it's a six well, I...
2: or seven-year cycle, you, then the the players that were at the start of that six or seven-year cycle, are, you know, past the prime, it's almost like the Jason Law situation, isn't it? You know, everyone yeah. looks it was a young player. Actually, no, he's prime footballing age. Anyway, let's move on. I'm going to take a break from uh, all things uh, on the pitch for a second and all things Mansfield Town um, to give a little shout out to a special event which is happening in January for a good old mate of mine, friend of the podcast, and everybody's. Uh, Joint favourite Wilson, Lee Wilson, um, of course, with the Lashes Foundation. Um, in conjunction with uh, um, superstar speakers, they are going to be um, presenting a uh, event. Well, it's the
3: Dean, uh, Dean one, it isn't it? It is. not it i am just scrolling yeah.
2: down, i to read it. Um, an evening with three of the best sporting speakers around. The Lashes Foundation, for the first time ever, Bring to Mansfield three of the nation's favourite sporting speakers all together on one night. Football fans need no introduction to the sporting speakers for this event as they take you back through their careers and enjoy some great stories and banter throughout the evening. The exclusive show will see a live and unscripted interview with three ex-Premier League footballers reminiscing about those glorious football memories, old and new, uh, and get a real-life insight into the life of a Premier League footballer. Who knows what will happen when the legends take to the stage in Mansfield to give you the off-camera stories as well. So uh, if you want uh, tickets for that, it's uh, in January at uh, John Fratwall Centre. You'll find the link that you need in the Lashes Foundation uh, Facebook group. It's in the evening with Dean Saunders, Dean Windass and Mark Crossley. So there's bound to be a Brian Clough story in there somewhere as well. So, right, um, let's move back to all things at Manfield County. we please do go and support... Uh, that fantastic event as well. Podcast predictions time, and uh, Alan, I've got some news for you. I've, I've I've been knocked off my perch. Not quite. Oh, you are now joint leader. Well, I, I know team. I know
3: it wouldn't last long.
2: Well, <laughs> just somebody enjoyed. on the same amount of points as you, but I'm not going to tell you who until the end of the month. So, no, uh, I enjoyed mind, the ride while it lasted. There you yeah, go. With that in mind, Harry get away. Alan, uh, you're up first for podcast
3: predictions this week. Mansell town win two nil 39th minute. What I should have done is ask my wife because Saturday we're listening to the football and she says Mansell Town one nil sixty
2: seventh minute. You're only a minute off. Ah, well you'd have got you'd have got big points there. Big points. Yeah. Um Clive, gonna to come to you next.
1: What's your time, win, 1-0, 16. 16
2: minutes. I'm going to rock the boat slightly, having never really done well at Harrogate. And, no. Uh, with, with that in mind, with possibly a few players out injured um, as well, I am going to go for a 1-0 draw and the first goal in the 57th minute. Oh, Uh, We'll get Nathan and Cam's predictions in the group chat. We'll post them on uh, our social media later on in the week. If you want to get involved, make sure you use the link in the description and you must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. A reminder, if you want to travel to Harrogate with the SSA, uh, still some spaces on the coaches uh, with all the important details you need, a.k.a. the phone number to book your seat. Here is the voice of the Stags. It's Mr. Alan Wilson. <laughs> 7967-689-597. Adam asks in the comments, "Who is joint points with Alan?" Reveal? No, you'll have to wait and see. You'll have to wait and see. Uh, <laughs> any other business that you want to flag up this week? Uh, you know, uh, Clive, you've had a had a grump at everyone tonight, and we've loved it. The viewers have loved it. I've enjoyed it. So come on, this is this is the time. You've got about two minutes.
1: Listen, i I'm sick to to death of being spoken about as a happy clapper so that's why i've deliberately gone down the grunt route tonight um i, I listen i've supported my short for a long long time and it's a love hate relationship you know and whatever happens however crap they are i'll still be a supporter so from time to time you're entitled to vent your angst um, uh, and generally speaking we're having a decent season, we're better this point this season than we were last year and we very we came perilously close to being promoted last year, so I haven't given up at all, I'm slightly worried about certain things, notably the size of the squad and the lack of fitness across the squad, but other than that I'm still optimistic that we'll, we'll finish up where we want to be, which is promoted um, so in terms of uh, any other grumbles uh, none, uh, an observation Um, Rochdale nice little ground proper accommodation for the away fans down the side good seating good leg room decent um, uh, buffet bar and space beneath the stand and a cracking
2: fish and chip shop behind it what more could you ask Alan anything you want to add I mean do you want to do you want to you know be taken over by Clive do you want to turn from Mr (laughs) Happy Smiley Lappy Jolly Santa that you are to <laughs> well, I just, uh,
3: my, my first match was in 1969. My dad said, if the win against West Ham, I'll take you to the next match, which he did. And I've been supporting Stags ever since. And same as Clive win, lose, or draw, I'll, I will always bleed yellow and blue. I always will. But there was one thing I liked on Saturday that 15 year old coming on. If you're good enough, you're old enough.
2: Which fifteen-year-old was
3: that? On Saturday, for Rochdale.
2: Oh right, I'm going to say. Did we bring a fifteen-year-old? Yeah. On? I, yeah. I, I, I'm just having a if, look at. I'm just having a look at the top if, of screen. Let me just, just the top of screen. Fifteen-year-old he was, Craig. Yeah, just look at the top of the screen. No, no, it still reads Mansfield matters, not Rochdale Ramblings. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Never. I just thought it was uh, very good. Fifteen-year-old. I've. I always said. I always remember Paul Holland making his debut, and he was only a young lad.
2: If you're good enough, you're old enough. Oh, there you go. Uh, as much as I uh, have a tongue-in-cheek digger, Alan, there for uh, diverting away from all things Mansfield time, Guess what I'm going to do now? Do the same. Yeah, shameless self-promotion <laughs> time. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, of course. Yes. Christmas is just around the corner. Alan's. Oh, it is. Yes. To... <laughs> it is indeed. Alan's got his Santa suit ready. Um, you know he's going to be out on Christmas Eve delivering all the presents to the boys and girls with Rudolph and his mates on the sleigh. And Mansfield Palace Theatre are presenting a brand new Pantomime production this year in the further adventures of Peter Pan, the return of Captain Hook. It's a Pantomime sequel. Oh, yes, it is. And I'm delighted that uh, the powers that be here at Mansfield Matters, a.k.a. me, have allowed me to go on a dual registration with Mansfield Palace Theatre to launch a brand new podcast called Back in Neverland, which is going behind the scenes of this year's production, speaking to the cast about... um, all things Panto, their career, all the backstage gossip and all the stuff in there, along with a bit of fun and games as well thrown in. All you need to do is search for Back in Neverland via all good podcast apps. There's a brand new episode out right now and there'll be some more episodes coming your way very, very soon indeed. I'm really, really excited about about it. Oh, yes, I am. Uh, can't wait to get to, stuck into some more. And of course, it is Mansfield Town relevant because the excellent Mansfield Town football in the community, with the support of the Stags Supporters Association, take the kids to go and see the Panto at Christmas. So there you go. There is a Mansfield Town tie in there. Have I got away with it? I think so. Just about. Just about. There you go. Oh, no, you go. haven't. Oh, yes. I, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> go and search for Back in Neverland cream. wherever you get your podcasts and uh, enjoy this festive cracker of a treat
1: Craig, It it's often heard on the terraces that uh, people's opinion of uh, Mansfield Matters, they often say it's a bit of a pantomime
2: Well there we go um, I'll be the joker Alan can be the fairy godfather <laughs> Thank and you, Clive? I wonder which way you were going then <laughs> And Clive, you're the pantomime Tinkerbell name.
1: Tinkerbell <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> make your own minds up. Search back in Neverland wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back uh, sometime next week with all the usual stuff as we talk, all things Harrogate, and look ahead to whatever game's upcoming after that. FA Cup action, I think, after that, I think next week, yes. is not uh, So there you go. Uh, make sure you keep following us as well. Also, a quick note as well. Um, that we have. I've done a little bit of tinkering behind the scenes this week. Uh, I've changed where we upload our podcasts to. It shouldn't affect you getting your podcast in the stream. Uh, however, if you do notice it missing, give me a shout and let me know. I'll do some digging into it. It basically means that rather than paying money every month to host the podcast, we save some money. So there you go. And it's actually a better platform as well. But there you go. Thanks so much for listening, for sharing, for commenting, for getting involved. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. And in true fan- Panto fashion, Oh yes, it is. Oh no, it isn't. Oh no, it isn't. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> how, how, how do we get away from this? Oh yeah, just press this button. Just say. Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's Match Film Matters podcast. Thanks, as always, for getting involved with that's by way of a comment or you've just pressed play on Spotify or whatever. Don't forget, you can take part in podcast predictions of this weekend's game at Harrogate Town. The link that you need is in the description and as always, you must submit your guesses by no later than one hour and one minute before kick-off on Saturday afternoon. We'll be back next week at some point as well with your latest instalment of the Mansfield Matters podcast where we'll talk all things Harrogate and have a look ahead to fixtures to come as well. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and do what you do on all the podcast uh, platforms and keep following us on all things social media to find out when we're next going to be live and when your next instalment of Mansfield Matters is going to be out and ready for your ears. Thanks, as always, for listening, for watching. Have a great week. Come on, you stags, on Saturday and we'll see you next time. Oh, and Mr Clough? I don't know what suggestion to make here, to be honest. I'm sure we'll think of something.